Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. Before we kick into the next episode, I just want to thank the sponsors of the last five episodes, Seafield Hotel and Spa Resort, for getting on board and supporting my podcast. As you know, they have been offering these flying solo packages and as part of the sponsorship deal, they offered one lucky listener the opportunity to win this package which is an overnight stay with bed and breakfast and three course evening meal and access to their thermal suite and um, in order to win i was asking listeners to tag me on instagram on their solo adventures and i'm delighted to announce the winner is mary kate murphy and mary kate not only entered the competition by tagging me when she was on a little solo date by herself having coffee um, in her local town but Mary Kate is also one of my top listeners she recently sent me her Spotify unwrapped and she um, has listened to 1,740 minutes of Solo Powered episodes. Solo Powered is at the very top of her podcast listening list. And she is also about to embark on her very first solo trip away, her solo travel adventure to Iceland, which she is going to, I believe, next week, um, which she booked off the back of listening to Solo Powered. Um, So she is absolutely very deserving of this prize. And I'm so delighted that Mary-Kate um, is, is going to be heading down to Ballymoney in County Wexford for this flying solo package, which she thoroughly deserves. She's had a difficult year this year, losing her beloved pet, Tubbs. Um, and I've actually invited Mary-Kate onto the podcast in a few weeks, taking her a ride out of her comfort zone uh, to talk about her journey through pet grief, which I think is so important and something I believe will help so many people. So congratulations to Mary-Kate and thank you to Seafield Hotel and Spa Resort once again. Um, If you, like Mary-Kate, have been listening to Solo Powered and you got your Spotify unwrapped messages this week, I would love for you to tag me on Instagram to show that Solo Powered has been one of your top listened podcasts. I've had a few people private message me, but I would love if you uh, put it up on Instagram um, and tagged and hashtag Solo Powered and tag me. Um, Just, it's so wonderful to know that something I created is making their way into those Spotify unwrapped uh, top lists so thank you so much if you have and if you have been listening I really appreciate it also just a quick little mention um, mindstream.ie where I teach coaching we are having our uh, first certificate course of the year which is taking place on January 13th and 14th if you know anyone who might be interested in doing this course it's a weekend course where you learn a huge amount about yourself about self-awareness um, you learn less listening skills questioning skills and you become um, a certified coach in the process and um, then please uh, get in touch or let me know um, to book your place on the uh, on the course and also if anyone is interested in coaching please reach out to me as well I've had a few conversations with people of late people who are finding themselves at a crossroads maybe they're looking for a change in career in the new year maybe they are looking to go on a fitness plan in the new year and they need a little bit of help and encouragement and a strategy and a plan for that maybe they're looking for a pay rise and they don't know how to approach their boss if that's you or any when you know reach out to me and we can have a chat about how coaching might be able to help as well but that being said i am going to introduce you to the next episode with the fabulous fiona griffin who i know in one of my other lives as a celebrant so i hope you enjoy this amazingly inspiring podcast and just once again thank you so so much for being incredible listeners and um, i look forward to hearing from you with your spotify unwrapped playlists Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo pursuits of passion or solo adventures. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. 
I am so excited to have our next guest. Fiona is a wonderful lady who I met a few years ago when I was training to be a celebrant. Fiona is a fellow celebrant. She is a lady in her late 60s with four children, six grandchildren. She worked for many, many years in caring environments. She was a Montessori um, teacher. She had her own business for many years before entering into social care, working with domestic abuse abuse victims in her native county of Kerry. Um, she then worked um, in social care for people with intellectual disabilities um, and subsequently in the last couple of years retired and she wasn't a lady who wanted to put her feet up. No, no, Fiona decided to embark on a J-1 visa, a very, very unusual endeavour for a woman in her 60s but she's going to tell us all about that and her incredible two summers that she spent in a summer camp in Wisconsin this summer and last summer uh, she became a mini celebrity in, in her county uh, uh, featuring on things like um, Ireland AM and featuring on radio and in newspapers people fascinated by the lady who went off on a J1 which is not something that you hear very often so when I was uh, looking for guests for this podcast, I thought that Fiona would make an excellent guest to talk about her solo powered journey to date. So Fiona, you are so welcome. Thanks a million for agreeing to come on the podcast. Thank you, Ariane. I'm delighted to be here and I'm quite nervous because I never expected to be asked to do something like this, but I love sharing my story and hoping it will encourage other older people yes. to you know, go out and do something when they're asked to retire because of what their birth cert says. Yes, absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about that. So you were asked to retire. You reached the age of 65. Is that right? Tell us how, how did it all come? Uh, yeah. So I reached the age of 66. 66. And the, the company I worked for, their policy is that you retire at 66. And I was terribly shocked and upset and disappointed that I had to retire because I loved work. I loved um, meeting the women in the community, supporting them, see them progress. They're, you know, they're just amazing. So um, I really was quite miffed about the whole thing because I have a lot of energy. I have a lot to give. Um, I'm very active. And I felt, oh, my God, I have to retire. What am I going to do with myself? Mm -hmm. So I did some research. And um, I always loved traveling as well. I've got that from my mom. Um, she was an amazing traveler and I had great opportunities traveling with her and also a little bit on my own. So um, I found an organization called Camp Leaders on Google and I contacted them. I gave them a bit of my story. I told them I was 66 at that stage. I'm 67 now. And I need to correct you. I'm mid 60s, not late 60s. <laughs> I apologize. Mid 60s. <laughs> my apologies. I, I can be a bit sensitive about what my birth cert says. <laughs> it's, I don't feel it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're a young lady. Let's 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 put it at that. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody asked me re recently how old did I think I was in my head, and I had to be practical. And I said mm, forty eight to fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had that conversation with my friends at the weekend. I think I'm twenty seven. Like I'm forty one, but I really and truly feel like I'm twenty seven. Yeah. Like, in every yeah. way. I think I think a lot of us ladies are are like that. I can't answer for. I can't speak for men. Yeah. So um, so they interviewed me, Camp Leaders interviewed me, quite an intensive interview, and they thought that I would be somebody suitable to work in summer camps yeah. um, in the USA. So they put up, they loaded up my profile and Clearwater Camp in the Northwoods in Minocqua, Wisconsin, contacted me and I had a great interview with, with two of their staff and I was offered a position. Now, I had read a lot about camps and the work they do. And this is an activities camp, an outdoors activities camp right on um, Lake Tomahawk in Manaqua. But the one thing I was very clear with them about was that I was I was prepared to come. I wanted to come. I wanted to be outdoors working with young people. I did not want to sleep in a cabin at night with six campers. They call them campers between the ages of eight and 16. <laughs> I knew at that stage I needed my night's sleep. So they were amazing. 
I was hired then as an activities counsellor and landed over to Wisconsin in last summer, 2022. And um, my God, was I not ready. (laughs) Not ready whatsoever. So during my interview process, they um, asked me, was I a lifeguard? And I said, no, but I'm quite happy to train as a lifeguard because I love the water. Wow. And so I arrived um, a few days early because all the lifeguards training. Anyway, flunked out of the lifeguard training after half a day. (laughs) And I love swimming. (laughs) I couldn't, I know, I couldn't do the deep dive to bring up the block. You have to dive down to the bottom of the pool and bring up a, a, a heavy block. Wow. And I grabbed it a couple of times, but as I was surfacing, it would slip out of my hand. So... I was, I was, I was very upset that day. Um, I felt failure. I felt, am I going to be able to do this? Maybe I should go home. But, you know, the staff, the, the, the leadership team in Clearwater Camp were very supportive and said, you don't have to be a lifeguard. That was yeah. your choice to be a lifeguard, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, calmed down then and got into the role. So, as I say, I was not prepared for at least 12-hour days, six days a week. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. You. Um, but it was exhilarating. Wow. And so uh, I had friend, a friend who was a camp counselor on a camps in America for several summers. She became one of a camp Mm -hmm. leader. And so Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go and visit her while she was on camp. So I spent a couple of days um, in a very similar camp to the one that you are. So I know exactly in my mind what the cabins are like, what the bunk bed situation is, you know, the way in which the people's rosters are organized and how, you know, everybody has a responsibility for something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's very much a kind of a social democracy in those types of of camps, isn't it? Everybody has a a responsibility for other, for somebody else and for other things. But before we kind of go in and talk about the, the details, Tell us about the J1 process because J1 mm-hmm. and for anyone listening we have I have um I have very very grateful to have lots of international listeners to this podcast. So in Ireland, you know, growing up um as a student, it was sort of a rite of passage that when you kind of um leave school or head to university that that a agreement had been made between the American government um I don't even know when when which which president it was that kind of did it. Mm, I, like maybe it was, I actually I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe it was Clinton or Ray. So quite a quite maybe, a long time. Yeah. Ago, maybe even further yes. back than that. But an, an an agreement had been made between the American government and the Irish government that Irish students could qualify and apply for a J one visa, essentially, right? And um, would work for a period of three to four months. And, you know, I know so many people, all of my friends, I did a J1 myself in New York back in 2001. Um, And, you know, it is something that many, many students take advantage of. But I'd never heard of it being something that a woman in her mid 60s uh, did. So how did that like, what's the process there? Can anyone can anyone do it? Like how explain that a little bit? So there are 16 different types of J-1 visas. Okay. And the particular J-1 visa I was on was um, a cultural exchange visa. Nice. Um, So which meant there is no age limit to you getting your J-1 visa once you have your sponsor and once you have a job lined up. So I had to get the job before I could look at applying for the J-1 visa. Now, the funny thing about it is when I went to the American embassy for my interview and all of that, um, I didn't know it was a J-1 visa. I only saw it was a J-1 visa when it actually came back. (laughs) And I was absolutely beside myself with excitement that it's 66 last year. My God, my two of my older boys, Jeff and Ray, went on J-1 visas in their early 20s. I'm saying, here, I'm 66. I'm the same as my boys now. (laughs) (laughs) And a J1 visa. So I was absolutely gobsmacked that it was a J1 visa. Because like the majority of people of my age, we don't know that the J1 visa can extend, you know, to older people. But it comes back to being the category of work that that you're going to do. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So you get your J1. What do your family think about you heading off and doing this adventure? 
do you know what? When I announced it, they were looking at me as if I had two heads. <laughs> um, it was the friends more were more vocal about it than than my sons. Right. Because I think, you know, my sons know me well <laughs> and they know I'm up for most things. And they know I love traveling and I'm gone someplace at the drop of a hat if the opportunity arises. Yeah. So it was more the friends saying, what are you talking about? Are you going to be safe? Yeah. What will you be doing? Where will you be? Yeah. Now, I remember my sister said to me, you do not go walking in the woods on your own. <laughs> and um, Yeah. So they kind of accepted it. Yes, I wasn't available for some summer babysitting as I would normally be or having the the kids down to Kerry. Now, the triplets at the moment would have been too young anyway. But so that is the little bit that I've missed out on is not being able to have the children in Kerry, you know, for a week or so during the summer period. Because as you know, Kerry is the kingdom and it's very beautiful and (laughs) with amazing beaches. (laughs) <laughs> and I and I and I love the beach and the sea. Yeah. So um yeah, so off I went wow. eventually. When yeah. it's interesting though, because like that is, you know, well, when I went traveling last year across Europe, mm-hmm. you know, they were the same things. My family, my friend, you know, were 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 projecting their own kind of fears onto me, you know, will yeah. you be safe and what will you do and don't go here on your own and don't do that on your own, as if you haven't thought about all of that yourself. Yeah. You know, it's just yes. uh, and of course, you know, you have to sort of be be safe, but you were going to a pretty safe environment, I suppose. And that's what that's what I felt. Yeah. I was going to be housed. Yeah, I was going to be fed and I was with a community of people. Mm. And to me, that was that was lovely. You mm. know, I mm. didn't have to find accommodation. I didn't have to, you know, be worried about things like that. They knew where I was. They mm. knew where I was 12, 14 hours of the day because you cannot leave camp without signing in or, or signing out and then right. signing back in. Okay. And there's only certain periods of time that you can leave camp. Right. You know, Okay. Um, so it's very um, it is restrictive that way. And the first year last year, I found that quite um, quite difficult to manage for the first couple of weeks. I mean, here at home, my car is outside the door. Yeah, I can go out for a walk. I can go to the beach. I can go anywhere I want at the drop mm. of a hat. Mm. But at camp, there was no car. Mm. I was in the middle of nowhere mm. and I was very tied down. So it did take me two or three weeks to adjust to that confinement mm. because I am how would you put it I am somebody who would just take off at the drop of a hat mm. if I think of something or if I get a call to come for coffee I can go mm. you know mm. so that was restrictive but I got used to it mm. which was great and then I became one of the van drivers um, for our camp so then I was able to do some of the driving um, at night for myself and for the other staff members. Um, I Did I ever, I'm not sure if I ever, last year I didn't take out any students or campers, but this year I did. Wow. Um, and so know. tell me, so, okay, so you, so you, you, you failed your lifeguard and you're like, okay, what else? Yeah. So, so were there any other people um, of similar age to you that were counselling? T- tell us about the camp, first of all, what was the camp? Who, who were, who were the people that were coming to the camp? What was it all? So the camp is, it was actually 90 years old this year. Wow. It's clear it's Clearwater Camp for Girls in yeah. Minocqua, northern Wisconsin. And it is run by a foundation. And there's a huge amount of history on the land there and on Sonny and Haloque, who Haloque started it and Sonny then carried on. And now it's transferred into being run by a board of directors, nice. a voluntary board of directors. So the camp is an outdoors activity camp um, based on the edge of Lake Tomahawk mm. and they take it's for girls between the ages of 8 and 16 mm. and it's broken up into different divisions the 8 to 10 year olds are in the harbour which is right on the mainland and then the 10 to 12 year olds are just we have an island that is linked to the mainland by a little bridge mm. and they're all uh, the rest from age of 10 on they're all housed out there but they're on the mainland for all of the activities for their meals for any social activities you know that we have Mm. so then with 10 to 12 12 to 14 and then 14 to 16 are the oldest girls and they're on the lower point Mm. and they're the furthest away from the camp and on the island but like it is so picturesque the land holds so much history from the voyageurs of going back hundreds of years to the indigenous people the first nations people who lived on the land i'm just trying to think of the name of the tribe 
it'll come to me in a minute. Wow. Um, and so, so, they, so are the kids coming for like two weeks, three weeks, a month? Like, how is it that? So uh, is, each, it, is it like a turnover of 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 girls yeah, coming? There's two sessions. The first session is for three and a half weeks, and the second session is for three and a half week weeks. Some of the campers just come for one of the sessions but many of them stay for two of the sessions. So they're there for seven weeks. Wow. Staff are there for nine weeks. Yeah. That's yeah. such a long time, isn't it? Yes, it is. But a couple of years ago, they introduced that if you were eight years of age and it was your first time in camp, you can come for two weeks. Right, okay. And if that was me with my children or my grandchildren, that would be the option I would prefer first mm. as an introduction mm. because it is a technology-free camp. They're the only communication the campers have with their families is by letter. Wow. My yeah. goodness. There's no mobile phones allowed. There's no radios. There's no televisions. And oh, um, wow. there's nothing like that. And even staff, we obviously we are restricted as well. Wow. Now, I was in a better position because I had my own cabin. I shared with Nurse Grace from uh, Michigan and at night, yes, I was able to have my phone when I was off duty and I was back in my own cabin. I had my phone. But the cabin counsellors, the girls, the staff who lived in the cabins with the campers had no access to their phones. They had no electricity in the cabins, only a light bulb. And wow. their, timber, their timber cabins, really, really fabulous environment. Timber cabins up on stilts, no windows, just a netting. Wow. Um, yes, I I had I did have windows. <laughs> oh my god, that's a, like and like I say, I ha I I have been on one of those camps, so I do I am familiar. But I loved a Beverly Hills camp a movie with Goldie Hawn back in the day. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was like the Girl yeah. Guides, and yes. they were you know went on camp, and and I was in the girl. I was in the brownies years ago, and mm. I went on a couple of kind of weekend retreats kind of thing. Um, but my goodness, to have such a in this day and age, technology free. Obviously, it's great for the parents. I imagine probably working parents, people who mm-hmm. you know aren't in a position to have their children at home for the whole summer and they're able to send them off to a safe you know environment and you know to have your children be technology free sounds like a dream you know because the kids are so so attached to technology and all of that kind of thing and obviously it's a girls only camp so there's no kind of concerns about the the gale talks people getting their first shift and all that kind of thing right um (laughs) so what kind of activities were they were they doing um so let me think now we have swimming yeah Paddleboarding, sailing, kayaking, canoeing, archery, water skiing, archery, water skiing, land sports, tennis, photography, arts and crafts, creative writing, creative drawing, um, ceramics. Wow, amazing. And I know I saw... Mountain biking. Mountain biking. I saw you were head of archery this year. Is that right? So you were learning new skills and you were doing the water skiing as well, I saw. Did you get... Well, it was was my dream last year. I used water ski um, in my teens and up into my early 20s um, every Wednesday and Sunday here in Kerry, back in the Maharese. And um, so I haven't done it, oh my God, it's 40 years, I'd say, since I was on the water skis. Tried it last year, but I couldn't get up because I was thought on a dock start and in clear water you have to do a water start so this year I had the notion for for the for the eight-year-olds they have a boom and I used the boom this year and I got up which brilliant Brilliant. I had a ball oh my (laughs) goodness wow so what was your job then when you were there what were you when so last year um the only thing I did I'm not a sailor I love Mm -hmm. going out in the water but I don't sail so the only things I didn't do last year was sailing or swimming Mm -hmm. um are teaching those I was I was um observing for swimming all right so I last year I thought kayaking canoeing and before I went here in Ireland I think we're inclined to call called kayaks canoes and canoes kayaks Mm-mm-mm. but I had to learn how to use a canoe properly and I was like Pocahontas then around the lake <laughs> <laughs> Um, just you know it's a different skill so the canoes are what Pocahontas uses and the canoes are what we use here in Ireland mainly so I thought those I thought um, 
I thought Irish dancing last year. Wow, did you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That comes in under kind of land sports. Um, we did it. With, so I did archery. I thought archery last year. That's where I started to like it. Wow. Archery, um, photography, arts and crafts, kayaking, canoeing, paddleboarding. And it's so easy to paddleboard there because you're on the lake. Mm. Trying to paddleboard here in Trilly Bay. Um, <laughs> you'll be knocked, you know, you fall off more often than you can stand up. But on the lake, it's so smooth and so sheltered. You know, it was wow. great. And wow. um, so lots of activities. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh then God. this year, they asked me, the, the head of archery because I had gone to archery lessons. I had joined the Trilly Archery Club, club here in Trilly and um, loved it and, you know, was enjoying it. So when they saw that or heard that, they decided I could be head of archery wow. and off they send me. So I'm now a certified USA level one archery teacher. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Tonight. I'm so proud of that one. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. That sounds so incredible. Like that you were able to kind of like do all of that. And like, as you say, though, must have been so, so must have been really tough. You were saying 12 hour, 14 hour a day. Well, 12, 14 hour days. Absolutely. Very, very tough. And um, I suppose, obviously, because of my age, even though I'm fit and everything, my stamina would wane in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the rising bell was 7.15 in the morning. You had to be at flag raising at five minutes before eight. And then literally from eight o'clock on until eight o'clock at night, you were supervising the campers in one capacity or another. Wow. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. And how yeah. many how many girls would you be supervising in like what so on, in camp? The maximum I think camp can take is 120. So last year we were at full capacity. This year, maybe 105 or 110 first session and about 95 um, in second session. Wow, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But obviously I mean, there's, you're, you're not, pers- you're, there's a, a bunch of you that would be responsible for. Yes, you're scheduled for different activities. Mm-hmm. And so while you're in that activity, you're responsible for the campers. Right. Now, you have always got somebody with you. There's always two staff assigned to every activity, mm. you know, and um, camp also does a leadership program where the girls who were 16 um, come back as counsellors in training. Mm. So you have you have also have um, we had 10 counsellors in training this year. They call them the leaderships and they also assist out during the um, activities. You give them duties to do, you know, you don't um, you don't overload them because they're still only learning. They're still only just past 16. And it's a great way of renewing the staff for every for every year. So the girls who were here this year can't come to camp next year. They have to have a year out. And then if they decide it's for them, they can apply to come back as staff members. And there was a lot of staff members this year who had been on their year off last year. Wow, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. And but so were you getting paid as well, Fiona, for the work? Yes, you, you do. Now you get nothing. Um, so you're fed and you're housed yeah. and um, you get you get a stipend every week, kind of pocket money, okay. but you, you get it. You don't get it until the first midterm. I mean, you're there five or six weeks before you get any pocket money at all. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is when camp finishes in early August. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah. But I mean, it's it, the area would be very like Killarney with the woods and the mm-hmm. forests and the lakes, but much warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the environment itself, there, it's teeming with wildlife. Wow. Yeah, snakes, turtles, painted lady turtles, woodpecker. I had a, um, um, I forget the name of the woodpecker now in the trees near my house, and he'd be popping away um, yeah. early in the morning. Um, Any bears? Bears, N- not on campground. There was a bear in the area in April, May. Right. It was a young bear. Right. But they're inclined to go more north to more. Um, densely forested areas right um but lots of deer stag all types of birds wow. oh the dragonflies are just beautiful wow. the colors on them and wow. um, at first in june early june you're covered in mosquito bites so then as soon as the the dragonflies the mayflies come out they start eating the mosquitoes oh, and things brilliant. improve <laughs> right wow yeah. 
And you were, so you were like, were there many other people or any other people you're right, you shared with, you shared a cabin with, with Nurse Grace, you said. Nurse Grace, yes. So Grace Abercool and I shared a cabin. Grace is in her early 40s okay. and she was the camp nurse last year and this year. Nice. So we really got on very well. Um, we each had our own bedroom and we just had a tiny little bathroom then and a tiny little kitchenette. Okay. Um, so Grace, yeah, Grace is the camp, was the camp nurse last year and this year. And then um, so Beth Owen, who was the director for the last two years, is in her 50s. And the next person then would be Kat Bramley, who would be in her mid to late 30s. Wow. And she would have been somebody who came up through the camp system as a camper and a staff member and now she is she's actually now the new director because Beth has left the position and Kat is the new director and she'll make an amazing job with it so staff wise then they're the only ones of a slightly more mature age group yeah (laughs) oldest by far and at the beginning I was worried about that how how are the younger staff members going to react with somebody my age? Yeah. Um, am I going to be able to keep up with them? I mean, I had an awful lot of doubts. Am I going to be able to pull my weight? You know, um, but I was. And they always assured me I did more than um, was expected of me. And I suppose, again, that's being the age I am and the maturity and the working all my life. You know, I, I give it 100 mm. percent most of the time. So um, but last year, a great team of girls. There was Aoife Mac, uh, Dunphy from Dublin. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. 21 year old Aoife. Wow. And she didn't come back this year. So there was two English girls, one of them. Becca, um, it was her seventh year this year coming to camp. Wow. She comes every summer. Wow. And we had girls from Hungary, girls from Mexico, um, and we had Polish girls last year. And this so year the they, camp and are the the girls that are coming to camp, are they international? I thought they were I, I assumed that they were American, but there are they the, the majority of them are American. Okay. But we do have some campers from Mexico. Right. And from Colombia, I think this year. Wow, wow! And some of the so we had one family of girls from Miami, but they were originally Colombian, but they lived in Miami. Right, and I think it's just amazing as well because you know one of the things that I talk about on this podcast when I talk to people about solo traveling, um, one of the things that I I love most about it is the different people that you meet, and you meet people from so many different backgrounds, cultures, um, and so many different ages. I made friends with so many people um, while I was on my solo travels that were, you know, mm. much older than me or much younger than me, and. I had friendships with them and age becomes kind of like non-important when you're in an environment like that, when you're kind of just taking people as they are and you're interested in them and their their life story, whatever age that they happen to be, whatever part of their life that they're in, it kind of it kind of starts stops smattering, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I've had that experience last year as well. I have made some amazing friends that I'm going to have for life mm. um, of the younger girls, Grace mm. and I are very good friends. Beth and I are very good friends and Beth is coming to visit me next week. Grace is planning her trip at the moment. I spent some time with Grace before we went to camp this year, but I became very friendly with um, Beda Fernandez, um, a Mexican girl, Maho Chanes, um, Nora Karat from Budapest. And so I've been to Budapest to Nora. Yes. I saw uh, visitors met her family and everything. That's right. Yeah. And then this year, Beda invited me out to her graduation. Oh, so wow. I actually, yeah, in Mexico. So I actually left Ireland on the 16th of May this year and flew to Mexico. And I spent a few days more or less on my own in Mexico City because Beda wasn't finished college. And then we went, then Nora flew in from Budapest. Wow. So we had an amazing week. I had two weeks in Mexico. Nora only had the one week. We had an amazing experience with Beda and her family. And we saw so much of the real Mexico. We like, yes, I'd love to see Cancun and the beaches. Yes. But this was central Mexico. Wow. wow. Had some, yeah. So, you know, and Beda, Beda came to Europe last Christmas and she and I traveled around Europe together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? These wonderful people that you didn't know two yeah. years ago that you now get to have all yeah. of these new amazing experiences yeah. with. 
Yeah, and another amazing experience I've had is last year, a lady from the State Department, Christian Dubois, she's the public relations officer, reached out reached out to me because they were all saying, what? A woman of 66 on a J1? Fantastic. This is what she tells me. And um, she um, came to Ireland in January and she asked me to meet with her. So I did. She was working for the embassy. She was working with the State Department in the embassy in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And we bonded immediately. And I spent five or six days in Kristen's home in Washington, D.C. Wow. This year. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so all of these amazing opportunities. I mean, I had meetings in the State Department. I saw I was at a concert that President Biden was at. I was actually 10 feet away from him. Wow. um, Where else was I? Oh, the Irish Embassy. You know, so it has just been such a wonderful experience and the opportunities that have just presented themselves because of it yeah. are fabulous. And this is another opportunity, you know, and yeah. a lot of the talk with, with um, the Irish Embassy and the State Department in the J1 office is how do we get more people of an older age yes. to do a J1? Yes. Because they're crying out for people. They're crying out for staff. Yeah. And, you know, this year in camp, they had employed another lady in her 50s. She was on the horse riding team. And right. um, because their experience with an older staff member last year was so positive and very grounding for the for the for the younger staff, mm. because a lot of the time they would come to me. How do I do this or what do I do with that? Or who do I talk to? And, mm. um, you know, which was good. And this year as well, I was international staff liaison officer. So I was <laughs> Oh my goodness! Like yeah, it's so, organizing. It's so in fact. I, I mean, I'm literally sitting here thinking, thinking to myself, how do I? I want to go on a J one. Yeah, I want to go over there, like Ariana. Like honestly, it's just it's it's incredible. Yeah. And you know, I work as a coach. I, I work with. I've mm-hmm. been working with some people who are entering into retirement and feeling mm-hmm. scared and nervous and not knowing what their future is going to look like and how are they going to fill their days mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. and all of this kind of like uncertainty or or even just people who are at a crossroads in their life, maybe yes. a change, unhappy in their career, broken up with a partner, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. this kind of experience, you know, sounds like something that, you know, it's a wonderful reset. And to, you know, have all of these rich experiences, even just the teaching that you're doing, getting out onto the water, the canoeing, the kayaking, the, all yeah. of that kind of thing. But the mm-hmm. meeting of the new people and it being in such a safe environment, as you say, is absolutely it? yeah. No, that's that what a lot of people that, are afraid of, isn't it? Is that it is danger is. or whatever? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, the danger, the danger part of it. Now, I will say, you know, anytime I was out and about on my own on my day off or whatever, um, I if I was going into one of the big shopping centers, it does flash through my mind. You need to be a little bit vigilant here, yes. you know, yes. but thanks, you know, thanks be to goodness. And um, I never, there was never a hint of any danger or anything like that. The, the most danger would be the snake. Um, yeah, of course. Who, That's who the thing as well. Step. I've never felt any danger whenever I was away. And you can be, you can yes. be, you, you can be, you know, something bad can happen to you in Kerry as much as it can happen to you in Guatemala yes. or Mexico City or wherever you wherever might be. Wherever you, know. you went to. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Exactly. No, 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 no. And once you're cautious and you're aware yourself, I think, you know, go for it. Because you could stay at home, locked up. Yes. All day and not experience life. Yes. And I love experiencing new things in life. Amazing. You know? And will you go back again or what are you done now, do you think? Or? So uh, I probably won't go to Clearwater Camp. Mm. I would like a different experience mm. um, now. So I haven't fully decided yet. There's a, a few family things going on mm. um, that I want to be around for. Yeah. I will probably do something earlier in the year so that maybe I come home mid-July and I'm able to spend a little bit of the summer holidays with the grandchildren and my children. Sure, they come sure. to carry for their holidays, you know, and I sure. love and appreciate that always. Sure. Um, and again, you know, I had to put my wedding celebrancy business on hold for yes. the summer. Yes, yes, of course. So, uh, you know, which is a busy I, I, time for it being which a, is a busy time for people. But I needed this time for myself and yes. to, 
you know, do something that I've always wanted to do. I didn't get the opportunity to do a J-1 visa. I fell in love at 16, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, my, my ex-husband wasn't a great traveler. So nice. until the kids were reared and they're all independent of their own families now, then it was my time. And also, um, I was one of the main carers with my mum. Now she's nice. died just, yeah, her first anniversary is coming up. So that tied me down. So mum went into a nursing home. Nice. Um, in 20, yeah, last year. So that, again, that gave me a few, I've, I've no responsibilities. Yeah. And that, I know that that was, was a concern of yours and something, you know, that you felt a bit maybe guilty about or a bit sad about when you were leaving and heading off for that amazing, yes. incredible summer was, was yes. leaving your mom. Your, your son had, had recently had triplets. Um, yes. you know, so there, I'm sure that there are, many people you know who will put their own happiness and their own lives on hold because of caring for others or because of other kinds of things and that's something that I think is 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 a brave thing for you to do is to kind of like look at this as an amazing opportunity and to Mm. go for it when when you know some people feel they can't do that because of what people might think or what people might say and I think it's really important and a a wonderful thing that you did that you were able to put your own having come from such a caring career and where you're always you know caring for others and you know like yeah talk to me about that I mean you know you got to see your mom before she passed right you can yeah, I mean, she absolutely. I had six or seven weeks with her after I came home. Yeah, um, you know, which was wonderful. Yeah, um, and then she did take us by surprise a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, with about three three days notice. But look, um, mom, mom was an amazing person. Yeah, uh, full of life and energy and vitality, and very sadly, like Parkinson's robbed her mm. of being active. And like she was not, uh, she was, yeah. She was six weeks off her 90th birthday. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, she is, she was an amazing woman. She is an amazing woman wherever she's flying around now. I'm sure she's on top of mountains and yeah, of diving or wherever she is. And you said she liked to travel as well. Like she, she got that right. Brilliant. I, I got that from her. And have you, did you, had you done much solo traveling before this, the, this summer? I mean, you've been, you've been no. sort of out of your relationship for over 20 years, you said. So that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Um, no. The bravest I was was going to Spain or France okay. or places like that for a four day trip on my own. Nice. And friends weren't free to go yes. or, you know, there was nobody available family wise to go on a trip because there's there's often times you feel, OK, I really need a break now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is the time I want to go and nobody. So I, I did start out um, being newly separated by going to couple of different hotels around Ireland lovely just trying it out yes you know yeah and I got to the stage where I said at first I felt embarrassed about being sitting on my own in a restaurant mm. so I'd always bring my book mm. or something you know when I used to sit there and I used to look around at everybody and say well if you can sit in here as two people I can sit here as one person absolutely you know yeah, yeah. and and then most couples, most unhappy couples are sitting there together, not even talking to each other. Not anyway. even talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been the amount of times that I've been sitting in a restaurant by myself and there's a couple beside me not saying a single word yeah. to each other. And I'm just yeah. thinking like, what? No, you know, just uh, I, yeah. I love listening and ear listening and, and watching. And people and, yeah, watching. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I know you have you have that experience as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that started and I suppose as I got older and I've done an awful lot of um, personal development work on myself mm. and that takes that took a long time to get to where I am now to be able to say two years ago well I don't give a damn yeah. I am going and doing this because now it's my time yeah. I've reared my kids and you know I have been involved with my mum's care for a long long time mm. she's not going to begrudge me no um and she didn't she no. was delighted for me that I was going off right. and up to then I wouldn't have had the opportunity I was earning my living yes. you know yes yeah yes. so yeah yeah wow. no no but yeah but it is daunting don't get me wrong it is daunting now I've flown to America several times on my own because I have a very good friend a much older lady in Florida who became a very good family friend and um, she's coming to Ireland 40 years Ellen 
Right. And um, she and my mom and one or two other ladies met on a beach back yeah. in Castle Gregory 30, 40 years ago. And it was a great friendship. So I've often flown out to Ellen right. for a week or 10 days, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. And things okay. like that. I, I have no... I've no fear of flying on my own. In fact, yes. kind of like it. Yes. You know, yeah. I can snooze when I want, sleep, um, read when I want, eat when yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my mum is the same. My mum is 72 and she loves, she flies a lot. She's actually currently in Cyprus at the moment with staying oh, with my wow. brother. But my brother works um every day. And so she kind of, mm-hmm. she takes herself off to the beach and she kind of like likes to eat in restaurants and she reads her books and she yeah. has no problem kind of going on the airplanes and flying here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she loves her own company and, you know, is mm-hmm. active and all of that kind of thing, which is, which is so great. I yeah. might see if she wants to head off, I don't know, heading off to a camp <laughs> in America. She'd probably be like, oh no. Um, but uh, it's it's absolutely, it's truly, truly amazing. And it's 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 so inspiring. And, uh, you know, and it, it's it's crazy that it is inspiring, but it is because, you know, not yeah. many people, you know, would, 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 would do that. Um, so you're, 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 you know, you're a single lady, you're in your, your mm-hmm. mid, have you, what's, what's it like to be a single lady down in Kerry? Is there like, Oh gosh, what's it like to be? I'm single so long now <clears throat> that it's it's just it's just part of of who yes. I am. Yeah, there are. I do get lonely. Yeah, uh, I I won't say I don't. I do, of course, get lonely, and I do miss having when I see my my children in their relationships and my other family members in relationships or my friends in relationships. I do sometimes get a pang of loneliness. Mm. You know. Would I like that? Mm. Um, wouldn't that be lovely to have in my life? Mm. It hasn't happened. And, mm. um, you know, I, I am open to it, I say, but maybe then I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> because if I, was, if I was in a relationship, would my partner be able to come to the understanding that I need this time on my own, yeah. that I need to do this for me? I would hope the person would. So look, please God, somebody will come into my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how it goes. I'm not... Yeah, no, yeah. it would be nice. It's interesting. It I know nice. I met a woman um, when I was in, I went to Stockholm recently on a solo trip and I went on a bike tour and I met a woman who um, was a nurse. She was on her way. She was on her way to Portugal. She was in Stockholm for a few days and she was heading to Portugal and then she was heading to Sierra Leone to work on a medical boat she was a nurse um for yeah for two months and then she was going to go to Asia and she was married and her husband didn't like to travel and didn't like to and her Mm -hmm. husband was retired was retired and she was kind of had just become retired you know entering into her yeah Mm -hmm. and she was like I don't want to sit at home I don't want to put my feet up I don't want to go play golf or play tennis I don't want to do that and if he doesn't want to come away with me and travel with me that's fine like he can do you know he can do that and um, I think people th- think that when they are in a relationship, they have to do what the other person wants to do all the time. But like there, there is an opportunity for you to do your own thing. And I think that's what's so lovely about being a solo or being is that mm-hmm. you have the freedoms you have. to go where you want and do what you want. And, you know, yes. and, and I know when you have children, because I know with with my mom, you know, we're all like mom you can't do this and you can't do that you know and I think a lot of parents feel as well that like their parents their children start to dictate what they can and can't do so for you to just go you know what I'm my own person I'm my own woman and I'm going to go and live the life that I want to live on my own terms which is exactly what this podcast is all about is about yes yeah no I, I must credit my my sons in that never once have they tried to stop me from doing or saying no mum you can't do that it's yeah. it'd be more discussion well where are you going and you know what are you going to be doing what's it going to be like yes. you know yes. so I, I must say thank you to them for not not putting a halt to my gallop yes absolutely and why would they sure and I, I wouldn't I don't think they'd get very far anyway then you'd be you'd better stop to that fairly quickly <laughs> Um, and you know, is it sort of the J one in, in America? I mean, can you go? Could you go to a camp in somewhere else, like in a different country, or like do you know what that what that looks okay. like? Okay, so um, the my first my first choice last year was Canada, right. but Canadian camps will not take staff of an older age group. Really interesting. So then there was no choice but for me to go to a, go to the American camps, which was, has worked out wonderfully, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Hard work and all as it is, and um, so there would be a lot of other camps around America in different parts. And mm. um, I 
one of the staff this year was from Spain, Zara, and she works in camps all year round in Spain teaching English. Right, okay. And she and I have had a discussion. Maybe I go to Spain for a month and see mm-hmm. how I do something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to do some volunteering with wildlife or with mm-hmm. sea life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm only I'm home six, seven weeks, so I haven't even I haven't even settled down to life yet in back in Ireland. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so once I do, um, yeah, I'll start thinking about what I might do next year and just looking at what what is the best time of the year for me to go. Yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah. yeah, there but there are camps. Um, winter time, winter time would probably be a good time for you to go as well, in a way, you know what I mean? That you get would. to go maybe somewhere sunnier and then you'd have the summers with the kid with the with the grandkids yeah. and all of that. The American the American skiing season they take an awful lot of the southern hemisphere students are you know as on their j1s from australia and from mexico mm. um in the winter and that is something i need to look into because i do love i love the sun and the heat but i also love the cold mm. you know mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah so there are lots of opportunities out there. It's just to go and research them and see what suits best. How exciting. It's just this whole mm. new lease of life. And I suppose I know it's probably for like a whole other podcast, but I'd love to just touch on the domestic abuse work that you that you did. Um, you okay. know, considering that this is like a, a podcast which is which is celebrating doing things solo, I, I feel that a lot of people are in relationships which they are unhappy in, maybe they're in toxic mm-hmm. relationships and bad relationships. Yeah. And there is this sort of fear around being on your own, fear of being single again, fear of kind of like going out there and what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I always talk about, you know, how being single comes with um lots of benefits um but that there are a lot of people in bad situations and in bad relationships and um, because maybe they feel that they have to you know there there was um a, a podcast that i'm listening to at the moment about uh the jewish women in the jewish community and how, oh, wow. mm-hmm. um and how uh they were what they were dating this guy who, who basically was a killer he killed his his ex-wife right but he was a doctor it's called the girlfriends podcast he was a doctor and he spoke five languages and he had an airplane and because Jewish mothers put so much on uh, expectation onto their daughters to find this you know man that has all of these like on paper qualities um, he was a you know a very abusive man but a lot of them were staying with him because of the, the how he looked on paper as opposed to wow, you know, yes. how he was treating them and it was down a lot of them were because because my mother expected it or because you know mm-hmm. like how, um, and there is a lot of expectations I think that are put on people to stay in these sort of relationships because from the outside they might look like everything is fun is fine and you know as that saying goes we never know what goes on behind closed doors I mean you know in your experience uh in terms mm-hmm. of the domestic work that you've done like what might you say around that kind of idea of like sort of you know not being in a toxic relationship just because you, you feel like you should be yeah well it's it's very hard my experience is that it's very hard for late women in these relationships to leave the relationships there's a lot of terrors there's a lot of anxieties Mm -hmm. how how will they how will they manage on their own and they may have been threatened Mm -hmm. by the partner Mm -hmm. and they may have been told you know i'll take the children off you i'll get the children and there's there's a whole it's it's so vast the feelings Mm -hmm. that women have when they're in these relationships mm-hmm. and a lot of women don't come forward for years mm-hmm. looking for support mm-hmm. um, and they, they would have lived, they live these lives, you know, but mm-hmm. thanks be to God, there are some women who will come forward after some support. They may decide to go back to the relationship. They may decide to move on for the rela- from the relationship with support, mm-hmm. but it is a very traumatic time and women in my experience find it very difficult to leave what they see as the security mm. of mm. the relationship and also the financial aspect. How are they going to raise and feed and clothe how many of her children they may have mm. within that relationship? Mm. So that is a huge fear for women. Because, mm. um, you know, a lot of people when they leave relationships, or a lot of women when they leave relationships, may have to go on a social welfare payment. Mm. 
you know, they, they'll have to go to court maybe to get um, supported by their, their ex-partner mm. or the father of their children. So it, it is a very um, difficult process. Mm. Um, and it strikes it was, you know, as well, when you're come maybe from a smaller community, you know, you must, working in that environment, you must know these women. You know, you, it must have been surprising for you, So sometimes surprising when maybe someone would come from support and you'd be like, you know, you, Ireland is so small and so close-knit mm-hmm. that everybody knows everybody and everybody knows kind of everybody's business. So that in itself would make it even more difficult for people to kind of come forward. And It does, it does. And I mean, our, on our first point of contact with any person who would have contacted the service when I was working there, um, if if they give their name, mm. you know, you would let them know. My, I give them my name, Fiona Griffin, and if I know them, I would give them the opportunity to move on to another worker. Right. Because right. everything we everything we do in, in domestic violence work is um, confidential. Yes. Yes. You know, so um, and you would when meeting a person, I would always say to the person, if I pass you downtown, you're with people. I will not say hello. I just I just keep going as if we don't know each other. Yeah. Now, sometimes a woman say there's no need for that. But you, what we were trained to do was always leave the woman make the first smile at you or wave at you or whatever it is at you so that they're not in the position of having to explain how they know me. And we try to keep ourselves um, as private as we can. Mm. And, you know, when we're working with women, we don't divulge details of our stories or our our lives or whatever like that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, those are... Of course, there must be protection. You must have to protect yourselves as well from... Yes. Because you might be seen as someone who is enabling a woman to get out of a bad situation or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. That that would have happened on a few occasions over the years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the ma- the man, the partner, not understanding that his behaviour is causing it, and it's somebody else is now encouraging his partner to leave. Or sure. yeah, yeah, you would get some of that. Yes, yeah. But the majority of the women would come either be referred by the GP or the public health nurse or a family member mm-hmm. might see what's going on and get the information from us and pass it on to the person and then hopefully the person themselves will contact and set up some support for themselves mm-hmm. you know but yes yes mm-hmm. it is it is it is a very difficult um, position to be in mm-hmm. when you're living in a relationship like that mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. and I think this is why I wanted to do this this you know this type of podcast is just talk about different ways in which we can all live our lives and that mm-hmm. being solo and being not in a relationship and you can mm-hmm. still have a fantastic life that <laughs> there is this idea that everybody has to get married and get engaged and you know there is this idea yeah. that everybody has to follow that path and if they don't there's something wrong with them whereas you know you don't have to be in a bad relationship just for purely the sake of being in a relationship there are yeah. other options there are other paths or our supports like the fantastic work that you did um that will enable people and then you know like look whatever's around the corner look at what you've done you know like yes yes life can change on a dime and you know Mm -hmm. you can can find so much happiness um with with the possibility of the future and all of that kind of thing you know yes so true so true yeah there's always doors closing and there's always doors opening yeah yeah absolutely yeah um oh my god this has been so i could like we could talk for (laughs) longer and longer longer this has been so amazing and i've loved hearing the 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 journey that you've been on and all of the doors that have been opened and seeing you know following you on on social and seeing your friendships that you've made around the world has been so heartwarming for me as well not only just like the work that you do in the camp but the things that have come afterwards the things that have come out from is uh, is amazing and uh, Mm. I'm actually I'm I met a wonderful girl when I was traveling last year and um, very very sadly she passed away Um, uh, she 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 had um, Hodgkin's lymphoma she I met her when she was traveling she was solo traveling um, and she, mm-hmm. she she very very sadly passed away actually um in October last year but her oh, mother Lord. her mother who I kind of connected with on Instagram subsequently to her passing away um arrived in Ireland yesterday and I'm meeting her on Thursday for dinner wonderful and, yeah yeah um, yeah so you just don't know you don't know where these you don't where these no. new people that you might meet and no. how you might meet them and where they come from and yeah. it's 
it's lovely to to know that you know you you have so many opportunities to always meet new people and welcome new people into your life into your life absolutely yes i i totally agree with that and um, you know some some like Kristen in Washington would be one one person now who I really connected with or she connected with me and we we have a great bond, which yeah. is wonderful through Instagram. She started yeah. following my, wow. my post. There's a couple of other people who send me private messages and I message them back. It's so you know, funny because my sister, my sister worked in um, Gateway 2000 years and years ago in um, a computer company. Mm-hmm. And when she started, she worked in like telesales or telesupport. And um, when she started, there was already a girl there with her name. Natalie Dunn was already her name. So they gave her a pseudonym. They gave her a, a, a different <laughs> name because they couldn't have multiple people with the same. I don't know. It's crazy. But the name yeah. they gave her was Christine Dubois. Ah, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> I must tell that to Kristen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? I just think that's crazy. I'd never heard that name before. But yeah, that yeah. was that was what was my sister's like email address and her all of that kind of stuff where she worked. It was Christine Dubois. Wow. And that's who you made friends with. So I wonder if there's any weird connection. Yeah, that so yeah. Cool. yeah, no, um, and then you know there are a few others as well, but yeah. um yeah, yeah, it is a bit. But again, on Instagram you have to be careful. Yeah, well, this is it. Weirdo messages too that I just ignore. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, Listen, I can't wait to see where else you're going to go and where your next adventure might take you. Thank you. Um, I'm coming down to Kerry actually next month. My family are all coming home um, from around the world and we're all going down to Kerry um, in November. So I'll give you a shout. Oh, do please. Yeah, we're kind of between between Trilly and Killarney and all of that kind of thing. So we'll be around. But um, love to meet up with you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast, sharing your journey with us. And maybe, who knows, I'll have you on again next year. I don't think we're half finished. But anyway, I can talk forever. <laughs> about all this. Oh my Ariana, thank you so much. It was been a you. pleasure chatting to you and seeing you. <laughs> oh, and you. Thanks a million.